Hi everybody, so today I'm going to be talking about season two of Ginny and Georgia. The first season came out, I don't know, a couple years ago. The second season came out in January and we're at the end of the year, so I'm a little behind, but it's just been difficult. It's been like something in the back of my mind I've wanted to watch forever and I just now finally over the last several weeks got around to it. Um, I was like really like I'm gonna watch an episode tonight and I'm gonna watch an episode and I was like forcing myself and it's so funny because like I thoroughly enjoy this show. Like I just like have been thinking about it all day because I watched the last episode last night and I just have been thinking about it and just like how well done this show is and how much I love it and so it's like really upsetting that it's taken me this long to watch it and comment on it because in reality it's like a perfect show for me it has like all of the like nostalgia cozy like fun pop culture elements that Gilmore Girls has but it has like all of the drama angst like bad teen whatever of like a CW show and so like I guess technically Gilmore Girls was a CW show but like when you mix those together it's just like it's my perfect show like the only way that it would be better is if these were not like actual celebrities putting on characters and this were just like a reality show that I were watching but um I love it so much. I think it's so well done. And um, I tried to take really thorough notes while I was watching so that I would have intelligent things to say about it. But I just, if you don't watch the show, like, what are you doing? Like, I absolutely love the first season. And I didn't think that the second season could even, like, hold a candle to it. And it was also just as good. And um, they have been renewed for season three and four. They were, I think, on hold because of the strike for a while. Um, But now, you know, I would assume probably soon they're going to be filming and like releasing. I don't really know how that all works, but they have at least two more seasons. And I all, I, I think I felt at the end of the first season, I was like, I don't know how much more they have. Um, and then they were able to make a season and it was perfectly great. And I kind of feel a little bit like I don't know how much more they have. So I'm a little worried. Um, but I still think that it'll be entertaining. So we'll see what happens, but let's get into it. Episode one is called Welcome Back Bitches. The kids spend Thanksgiving with Zion, who helps Ginny through an emotional ordeal. Georgia has an awkward dinner with Paul's parents. So in the beginning, this is probably the best like dialogue from the whole season. But she, Ginny is reading the parable of the sower. And Georgia comes in and she's like, parable of the sower. I don't know what parable or sower means. Sounds farmy. And Jenny says, it's Octavia Butler. And she said, Georgia says, oh, I loved her in that math movie. And Jenny said, that's Octavia Spencer. It's so funny. It's such a good joke. Um, Georgia says that she's worried about her. And Jenny says, is that why your wrinkles are so pronounced? And she said, don't hurt mommy. Mommy feeds and clothes you, which is also funny. Ginny had a dream that Georgia tried to soothe her to death. She's like soothing her and she like smothers her with a pillow, which actually is foreshadowing for the end of the season, which is interesting. Um, And then Ginny and 
Austin are staying at Zion's house. Maxine says, welcome back, bitches, to her grandparents for Thanksgiving, which I think is funny. The sign language rep on the show is fantastic. Um, Maxine's dad is deaf, and they sign to him, and it's great. Marcus is smoking weed, and he's drawing in his room, and Helen is just really funny. I think I said Helen, but her name is Ellen. Ellen's really funny dealing with him. And then Maxine is still pissed off at Marcus and Jenny, and Marcus is worried about Jenny. Georgia is venting to Paul about Jenny, um, and she is cleaning the cast iron skillet. And Paul said, but we're not going to take it out on the cast iron. The cast iron is already mad at us because we put it through the dishwasher. Cast iron would like to rest now. Um, and I think that's really funny because we have a cast iron skillet. And when my husband and I first started dating, it was like, you can't clean this cast iron with soap. And it was like, there were rules about the cast iron skillet. And it has become the skillet that I do not clean because I don't want to deal with it. Um, and I don't, I don't like things that have rules. If I can't put it in the dishwasher, it doesn't belong in my house. Um, so it's my husband's job to clean the cast iron. I don't cook in the cast iron. I know it's better. I can't do it. But um, I did show him several articles that you can use soap on the cast iron. And so now he does use soap, which makes me happy. Anyways, there's a flashback to a younger Thanksgiving. Ginny is going with Zion and Georgia is working. But she tells her that the Friday after Thanksgiving is better because all of the fruit is half all of the food is half off. So they have a fryer where they can deep fry everything. Jenny has a flashback thinking about the cop, the PI saying that Georgia killed her husband and Jenny burns like of Jenny burning the plant. The town span Oh, there's a town span and it's very Gilmore Girls. Georgia picks up stuffing at Joe's and it's slightly awkward because she's engaged. Cynthia comes in and Joe is kind to her and he gives her food for free because her husband is dying. Jack and Jill. Oh, um, so there's this conversation with Zion's family and Ginny about Jack and Jill, which I've never heard of, but I'm white. Uh, apparently it is. I looked, this, I looked into this. I think it's like... Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to white explain. Uh, but anyways, uh, they say, tell me you have a white mom without telling me you have a white mom. Zion and Jenny randomly speak Korean to each other, which I think is fun. Austin spills the details of why they ran away. And, um, uh, wait, what does that say? Oh, um, Jenny says, they, they're talking about Georgia and Jenny said, you can say whatever you want. I don't want her here. And, her Zion's mom is like um excuse me you talk about your mother like that and I was like oh snap like so I appreciate like even though she doesn't like Georgia I appreciate her putting Jenny in her place for talking about her mom that way um Georgia and Paul are going to Paul's parents house and they like pull up and she's like oh shit you grew up inside Zillow uh Jenny lies and I always I, I, I mix up Jenny and Georgia and I don't know why I feel like I don't feel like their names are wrong I don't feel like it should be Ginny and Georgia like but I think like I, I don't think that Ginny should be Georgia and Georgia should be Ginny but I think because the show is Ginny and Georgia I always want to do like like I, I always want to attribute the title character as Ginny versus Georgia. anyway uh Georgia lies and says that the stuffing that she got is from 
that the stuffing she got from Joe's is an old family recipe. And Paul is a little like stunned that she lied because he knows that it's a bold faced lie. Um, so that's his first like taste of like, mm, okay. Paul's brother, Chris has a sensory issue and a social issue. Um, I don't think they, they don't explicitly like label what it is, but they just say he has got issues. Um, and they have like a casual conversation about the kids and, um, they're like, oh, where are the kids today? And she's like, oh, they're with their dad today. And Paul's mom is like, which dad? And she says it like with a smile on her face, like you have multiple dads, you have multiple baby daddies. So where are your kids at? Um, Zion's mom says that Jenny needs to be exposed to her black community, which she's not wrong. Paul's parents confront him and tell him not to marry Georgia. They say that she's nice, like date her, be with her, whatever, but like don't marry her. Jenny is thinking about her mom again and she burns herself. Georgia calls Zion and it's funny. He convinces her to have Friday. Jenny doesn't want to go back home. Um, she tells Zion that it's not about Paul. If I freaked out about every time mom had a new guy, I'd be medicated. Jenny has a panic attack. Jenny tells her dad about burning herself and she asks if she can live with Zion and he says yes. And then Jenny blames Zion for not being there. So I think he feels a little guilty, which he should because he wasn't an active member of her life for a very long time. And like some of the stuff that was going on, like potentially he could have stopped and he didn't because he wasn't there. And it's like, you know, it's hard to like blame it all on Georgia, even though like most of it's her fault, but he also wasn't there. Um, that's what holidays do. That's what families do on holidays. Pretend to like each other. Damn it. I think that was Georgia that said that, uh, Jenny brings Marcus, his bike back. She apologizes for not texting him back. Ellen comes out and realized that she stole his bike. Max and Nora are making TikToks and Abby shows up after Thanksgiving brunch and uh, Nora's like, it's the betrayal for me. And Max, Max hands it to her. Oh, I guess like Max like goes off on Abby. Georgia talks about therapy being a scam right after Zion and Jenny talked about going to therapy. And then Georgia throws a fit because she was there when Zion wasn't, but she's evil mommy. And Georgia tells them no, that they can't live with Zion. And Zion goes to tell Georgia about Jenny burning herself, but she stops him and says that she'll move home instead. So um, Georgia's like, no, you can't live with Zion. You have to come home. And um, Zion like goes to tell Georgia, like, look, like this is what's going on with her. And then to prevent that, Jenny gives up and she's like, okay, fine, I'll move home. But like, don't tell her basically. There's a Georgia flashback remembering coming home to the plant burning in the fireplace. The PI is still working on Georgia's case and he is um, like fake dating Nick, Paul's assistant. Um, And I say fake dating like Nick isn't aware, but like they're actually dating. Ginny is burning herself with bath water. Zion made Ginny appointment for therapy. Marcus comes over, they kiss, and then she asks him to stay the night. And then Georgia has a nightmare about someone coming to the door and like saying he's going to kill her. And she's like playing the radio and she's encouraging the kids to be really loud. And, um, she's like afraid, but like he's yelling, he's going to kill her and she's trying to drown him out. And that's that episode. 
Episode two is called, Why Does Everything Have to Be So Terrible All the Time Forever? Georgia worries Nick will reveal what he knows as she schemes her way up the Wellsbury social ladder. At school, Ginny gets an icy reception. So Marcus spends the night at Ginny's. Um, I have Georgia's PJs, which I think is fun. Georgia offers Paul space in her closet, and then she asks him to move in. She says this is a mini move-in and that they'll sit down together and prepare the kids for the move-in together at night and then five minutes later she ends up telling Ginny that she asked Paul to move in because Ginny is ignoring her and she's trying to get Ginny to talk to her so she tells her out of desperation and then Paul's like what the fuck I thought we were gonna do this together Paul isn't used to having fancy sit-down breakfast as a family and Austin's like dude it's just waffles Georgia throws a waffle at Ginny as she leaves and she says mom don't waste waffles and she like comes over um Georgia tells Austin about Paul moving in Austin says, like Kenny, and Georgia says, no, not like Kenny. Kenny didn't play soccer. And then Austin asks why she didn't mail his letters to his dad, and she apologizes, but she doesn't end up answering him. Max melts down about a review of Sing Sing, which is their performance they did in the last season. They're doing a performance called Wellington, and she says, no one can compare this one to anything because they compared Sing Sing to Chicago, I think. Um, but Wellington is literally Bridgerton, so people can compare it, and that's why it's a joke. Ginny has to pack by Max Hunter and all of their friends, and she walks over to Marcus, but he keeps talking to his friends, so she doesn't feel like she can sit down with him. And then she sees Abby sitting alone, and she walks past her as well. Nick and Georgia bicker. Georgia calls herself mayoress, and Georgia wants to join the neighborhood club, but there's a three- to four-year wait list. Ginny's teacher tells her to borrow Hunter's notes. Ginny helps Bracia run lines. Sion picks Georgia up from school, and all the girls are looking at him like, damn. Um, and Georgia's like, or Ginny, God, I do this every fucking time. Every time I typed out their names, I typed them wrong. Ginny says, in my next life, I want ugly parents, and He's just there to make sure that she gets to therapy. Georgia needs a sponsor to join the neighborhood club. Someone has to like vouch for her to let her join. And she goes to Cynthia's with alcohol. Ginny talks about burning herself in therapy because she she burns because she doesn't have control. The PI tells Amber Lynn, which is I guess Kenny's ex-wife, that he can't get Georgia, like he can't get Georgia on Kenny's death but he may be able to dig up dirt on her first husband, Anthony. Ginny doesn't want to eat at home, so Georgia empties the entire fridge. She doesn't want to, like, sit down for dinner or whatever. So Georgia's like, you don't want to eat? You're not going to eat ever. Um, Max is practicing for the play, and she's, like, constantly looking at Sophie's Instagram. Ginny tells Georgia to get a – see? Here we go. Ginny tells Georgia – Georgia tells Ginny to get a job if she wants food. She says that she has a job, and Ginny says, Georgia says, fuck, this is so fucked. Georgia says that usually when you leave for two weeks, you don't still have a job. Uh, Georgia tells the PI to leave, or she'll tell Nick who he really is. He tells her that he's going to New Orleans, and he says, you used to live there, right, with your first husband? And she's like, a little scared there's a Georgia flashback and she's saying that she didn't mean to do something and there's a gang girl telling her that he was a bee and like what do we do to bees we like put them out Georgia and Nick fight about the money that she stole again and she tells him that she that she tells him that he won't tell Paul because that will make Nick at risk also or Paul at risk I guess by 
having that information on his conscience. Austin hugs Zach, the mean boy. Um, Max runs into Sophie, and it's really awkward. Bracia ends up getting the lead, not Max. Jenny goes to Joe's for her job back, and he says no at first, but then he relents. Joe is such a pushover, and it's so funny. Cynthia says that she can't endorse Georgia, and she sounds like Gretchen Wieners when she talks like, she's like, I just can't, I just can't in good conscience. Joe has a date, which is something he does pretty much the whole season, is just date random girls that you never see, which I think is bad, but I guess it's like a small town, so it's like, who could he date? But I don't know. Marcus is really awkward with Ginny and Padma because he's like dating Ginny and was just dating Padma. Paul has a talk with Ginny. He wants her to feel comfortable. He spills the beans about Austin's dad taking credit cards out in his name, which was actually Georgia. So then Georgia, no, or Ginny, knowing that Georgia is the way she is, thinks ahead and checks her credit score. And it's like 300 or something. It's like really bad. Um, Ginny is upset with Marcus for not coming over. He fell asleep and she's upset that he didn't invite her over in the hall. And he's like, you can just come over. Um, Ginny went over to Marcus's so that she wouldn't hurt herself. And she's supposed to be recognizing when she's stressed and like recognizing her triggers. And then there's a very real fingering scene. That's one of the things I do like about this show, like to a point, like I don't need, I don't really care about all the sex scenes and whatever, but like, I do feel like the high school experience of like hooking up or like giving a hand job for the first time, giving a blow job for the first time, like getting fingered, like those kind of things. It was like very, like there, it's like very real. Like it feels very like this is how it actually is when you're in high school. And I appreciate that. Or just like the way that girls are about boys or the way that boys and girls interact, like the basement scenes with all the kids and stuff. I just feel like it's very normal, quintessential high school experience. Um, Ginny is making Paul breakfast and it's a dark smoothie, like the one that Georgia killed Kenny with. And Georgia walks in and she's like, what the fuck? Um, and then I just said trivia, Padma and Joe are siblings in real life. And I must have wrote that down at some point and I forgot about it because I was just doing research about something else and I saw that it said that they're siblings in real life. That's so cute. Um, they're like significantly different in age. Uh, she is, she, I think she was born in like 2000. He was born in like 89. So that's like what, um, like 10, like 12 years or something. Um, so that's really fun. And he's like such a proud big brother. It's so cute. And they do look, I thought that they looked a little, I don't know. I don't even think I realized that they looked like alike. I think that they just looked like, you know, they're just cute, but it's so sweet that they're brother and sister and they're on a show together. That's so cute. And they're like, not at all like related in any way. So it's not like, there's not like any, anything weird or any, I don't know. It's just cute. And now I think it's really cute. Like all of their scenes I'm like replaying in my head. So I think that's really cute. Episode three is called, What Are You Playing At, Little Girl? After plotting revenge on a school mom, Georgia opens up about her troubled past to Ginny. Paul moves in with the Millers. So Georgia asks Ginny what she's doing, and she tells her that she needs to grow up. Ginny rifles through Georgia's purse and finds a credit card with Austin's name, and she takes it. She drinks the shake that she made for Paul, so clearly it wasn't poisoned. Georgia is at a school meeting with Austin's teacher and she asks about anxiety and Georgia weighs it off and she says that he's fine and the teacher recommends a 504 plan, which I think is like a, I don't know, but it's like to help like when you have some sort of learning disability or you're like not able to like function like typically in a class, you need extra help or you need special, um, 
modifications to things or whatever just to make your learning experience better. Um, Cynthia brings Zach in return Zach in to return something that he stole and Zach's having a really hard time with his dad dying. Ginny returns Hunter's notes and she has a really cute outfit on. Her necklaces match this like beading at the bottom of her crop top. It's like a black crop top um, and it's like long sleeves I think. It's just like a really cute outfit. Max is scrolling through Instagram again looking at pictures of Sophie. A boy picks on Austin and Zach stands up for him and it's kind of like in that moment they decide like they're going to be friends which is you know cute george is looking at wedding dresses and they're really expensive um and paul's like dresses that are far outside of our budget and she said yeah we should talk about the budget and he said yeah what about it and she said i hate it and <laughs> georgia ends up finding out that the school budget is 89 million dollars so she's got some wheels turning there's a flashback to Georgia shopping and there's other girls her age that are shopping for prom and they kind of think that she's also shopping for prom and then Ginny runs up and she's like mom and the girls are like mom like they're looking at each other like how does this girl have a fucking daughter Ginny is in therapy and the therapist is saying that Ginny needs to trust her she gives her a rubber band and a notebook and the rubber band is supposed to be a distractor and the notebook is for her to write her feelings in afterwards and then she tells her to call her anytime she needs to talk and she tells her to watch out for her triggers aka her mom flashback they're still shopping and Georgia puts a bunch of clothes in a bag and walks out but she puts a hat on Georgia's head and the hat she puts a hat on Ginny's head um, and the hat is like there to set the alarm off and then for her to be like, whoops, my daughter had this on her head and she takes it off, but she's able to still walk out with the clothes because she already set the alarm off, which is really smart. Ginny comes home and gives Austin a Game Boy. She bought it with Georgia's credit card and then she gives it back to her smugly because it's like, like Georgia's like, oh, where'd you get the money for a Game Boy? But it's like, well, you know, he has money that you're taking out in his name so he should be able to get something from it georgia yells at jenny and tells her that she's scared of her and that she can't be trusted and then jenny starts snapping her rubber band because she's triggered marcus comes into jenny's room and he's upset that jenny won't talk to him and she yells at him and he's like yeah i'm not doing this and then he leaves georgia is at the neighborhood club and she finds out that a poetry book of emily dickinson is missing and she clearly is the one that stole it Ginny's at work and Abby comes in. Bracia is upset that her cast photo looks bad. Sophie comes in with a boy and she's holding hands with him. And then Abby and Ginny share a look like, oh shit, like Max is not going to take this well. Max and Marcus are both in bad moods and Max is missing Sophie. Georgia calls Zion about wedding stuff and she tells him that she wants him to come. But he doesn't think that he can and she thinks that he's one of her only friends. And he says, I love you. I'll always love you. And she says, yeah, same. How fun for us. And she tells him that he's her family. Ginny brings Bracia to her dad's for a new cast photo. And he like takes a really good picture of her. Max sees one of the pictures of Ginny and Bracia together on Instagram. And she's like, oh, she's everywhere. She's haunting me. And Hunter's like, yeah, I did not need to see her looking that good today, which I think is funny. Hunter's such a sweet, sweet baby angel. Zion is happy that Ginny is expanding her circle, aka she's got black friends. Zion tells Ginny to try writing poetry if it's too hard to write her feelings down because she's having trouble like journaling, but she likes writing poetry. So he's like, well, write it like it's poetry then. Marcus sits down with Ginny and she does a poem for him. She says that Christmas feels like Halloween and it's this like really dark, deep poem. Max walk, walks by and she says it's sickening. 
it's a sickening and she asks if she's gonna blow him which is too much information i think for your sister abby's walking by and she stops to tell max that she saw sophie with a guy and max is like screw you abby like that's a new low like you know whatever and abby like just wanted to make sure that she didn't sit on the information like last time and like she just tells max when she knows things um but max didn't want to hear it abby turns around and she asks jenny do you want to skip next block and go smoke weed and she's like uh yep so abby and jenny go to abby's house and smoke weed abby has a bunch of snacks in her closet um and she tells jenny that she tries not to leave her room because abby's parents were always fighting and are getting divorced Ginny tells Abby about her relationship with Marcus and Abby says that we should start a band, a girl band called Daddy Issues. And then Abby says that Maxine's being a raging bitch and they like bond over that. Maxine is upset about Sophie and she tells Nora that Nora's not being very supportive, which pisses Nora off because Nora's being extra supportive because Nora's also not talking to Ginny and Abby. And then Ginny and Abby stroll into school and their hair is dyed like funky colors. Abby has pink streaks in her hair and Ginny has blue streaks in her hair. And Abby keeps the pink streaks throughout the rest of the season, but Ginny like has it for like an episode or so and then it's gone. Um, And then... The school calls Georgia to, like, talk about her skipping class, to talk about Ginny skipping class, and Georgia's like, I'm sorry, if Ginny says that she was at a dentist appointment, then why are you calling me? Are you insinuating that my daughter is a liar? (laughs) And I think that that is, like, grade A, like, I'm not that witty, but Tommy is that witty, and I could definitely see, like, if something happened... Um, like if Thomas skipped school and they called us or something, I could see Tommy being like, uh, no, he definitely had a dentist appointment. If that's what he said, like, why, why don't you believe when my kid is telling you something? And then like Thomas would get home and he'd be like, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> like he would definitely like have his back in the moment. And then, um, I'm just not smart enough to like think like that. I would have his back for sure. And then also probably not yell at him for skipping school. But, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not smart enough for that. Max is yet again scrolling on Sophie's page and her mom comes in and she says, I know you've been having a hard time, so I got you a present and it comes with a really pretty girl on the bag, which is so sweet. That's such a good mom thing to do. Georgia goes to Cynthia's and she says that Austin's Game Boy is missing and it ends up in Zach's backpack with the Emily Dickinson book, which Georgia planted both of those there. Georgia says that she'll return it and say that it was returned anonymously if Cynthia will get her into the neighborhood club. Joe has another date. Ginny tells Padma that Hunter isn't innocent and she kind of like unloads a little bit on Padma and Padma hugs her, which I do think Hunter is innocent. I don't think Hunter did anything wrong, but... What do I know? Ginny comes home and she has a really big attitude and Georgia wants to talk Georgia wants to talk to her in front of Paul, but then Ginny throws out Mary's name and sh- Mary's name. I think Mary is wait, then she sends her to her room and Paul asks who Mary is. Oh, Mary. Mary is Georgia's real name. She says something. I don't remember what she says, but she says something. And then Paul asks who Mary is. And she like, Georgia like goes to her car and she cries and breaks down. Ginny pops into Marcus's room and asks him what he thinks makes a bad person. And then she ends up telling him about her mom. 
killing Kenny. Ginny says she feels responsible because she knows that her mom did it for her. And Ginny tries to make out with Marcus and he stops her. Ginny goes home and she sees Georgia sitting in the car. So she gets in and she asks her why she did it. And she tells her that she did it for her. Georgia says that she might not be a good person or worthy of anything, but Ginny is, and she made it that way. She took all the bad, and she ate it. Georgia tells her about the rest stop kids, um, Joe and all the kids that she, she met at the rest stop, and she says they were loved, and she wanted to make sure that she gave Ginny that feeling. And then Georgia makes her promise not to tell anyone, which she literally just told Marcus. So anyone after that. Austin comes out and he says, Mom, if you're done borrowing my game, can I have it back now? And so it's like clear that she planted the Game Boy and the book in Zach's backpack so that she could blackmail Cynthia into getting her into the neighborhood club, which is just like so many levels of smart. Episode four is called Happy My Birthday to You, which is what Max says to everyone, which I think is so, so funny. And I'm going to start doing that. Happy My Birthday to You. Paul and Georgia clash over her parenting style. Ginny throws a rager and Cynthia finds love in an unexpected place. So Georgia is outside smoking and she sees Marcus sneaking out of his house and into theirs. Ginny tells Marcus that she's on her period. So instead of them like having sex, I guess she gives him a blowjob, but she's never done it. And so she's like a little aggressive about it. Georgia knocks on the door because she knows that Marcus is in there and Ginny shoves him in the closet. Georgia asks Ginny to go to the pharmacy and pick up her birth control. And she's like, do I have to do this now? And she's like, let's see, what's our age difference again? Do you really want to pay, play fast and loose with birth control? Um, so Jenny leaves and then Georgia's standing in her room. She's like, Marcus, are you in the closet? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, are you decent? And he's like, no. And she's like, can you get dressed and come out here? Um, so when he comes out of the closet, she is sitting in the corner of the room smoking and she has her legs crossed and she's just like very, very patient waiting for him to come out. She asks Marcus how long he's been dating Jenny and he says that they're not really dating and she's like, "Mm, yeah, I didn't really like that answer. And then Georgia calls Marcus a damaged kid. She says that she's damaged too. She hands him the cigarette and they like are smoking together. And then she tells him that Ginny is going to do big things and she doesn't want Marcus to hold her back. And she makes him promise to let her go when the time comes, which is harsh, but it's like a trope in TV, I think. There's a flashback of Georgia fighting with the electric company because she can't afford it. And um, she gives Ginny a shot of apple cider vinegar to get her to cough because apparently it's a rule that if your kid is sick, they can't shut off your electricity. And I don't know if that's true or not, but that's interesting. Ginny asks Georgia what her and Marcus talked about, and she says that he told her that he loves her. And then she asks Georgia how to give a blowjob. And Georgia is like, for a second, she's caught off guard, and she's like, okay, let's do it. And then she like tells her. Um, and then Georgia asks Ginny if they're good, if things are good between them, and Ginny says yes. Georgia and Paul are going to stay at Paul's after they clear out his condo. And then she asks if... Ginny and Austin can stay at Zion's. Um, and then I don't remember what that's about, but somebody says if this is a cry for help, it's very loud. I don't know. Georgia tells Paul about Marcus climbing into the window and Paul asks what they're going to do about it. And she says nothing. She's handling it. And this is very, very similar to um, Gilmore Girls 
where I think it's Luke is like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Like, uh, about Rory or whatever. I think it's Luke. Maybe it's not Luke. Who else could it be? Max? Maybe it's Max. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know who it is. I think it's gotta be Max. Um, and he's like, well, what are we going to do about it? And she's like, uh, uh, Lord, like Rory is finished. She's, she's all done now. Like she's fine. Like I don't need your help. Um, and that's kind of the same thing where it's like, uh, I'm handling it. It's fine. I've got it. Um, and then he also asks about Austin's meeting at school and she pays, she basically says the same thing, but it's a little different because Austin is younger and, um, at some point, I don't even know if I wrote it down, but he does have like good advice where it's like if they're recommending something like it's not a bad thing, maybe we should listen to it and whatever. Max is telling everyone happy my birthday to you. Abby hung up a really pretty banner for Max and Max rips it down. Sophie tells Max happy birthday and Max invites her to her party on Friday at Brody's house. Jenny gives Marcus the shirt that she made for him. It says birthday because when they first met, I think he had a shirt on that said like Monday or something. Ginny invites Marcus to her house on Friday since her mom will be gone. Abby comes up and says, yo, Maxine's a bitch. And then she turns to Marcus and he's, she looks at him and she's like, birthday, because she's reading his shirt. And he's like, thank you, <laughs> which is really funny because he's not, she's not telling him happy birthday. And then Abby invites Ginny to skip and then Marcus goes with them. Georgia wants to run social media for Paul. She asks why he won't let her help. And then he says he could ask her the same thing. Hunter sees that Ginny left him a thank you note in his notes. Abby, Ginny, and Marcus talk about Maxine not being a good friend. And they say she'd freak out if she knew they were hanging out. So they take a picture together and post it on Instagram. At play practice, Max and Silver compliment each other. Marcus brings Ginny to work. And then Padma asks her how things are going. And she asks her if he's her boyfriend yet. And she's like, well, no. And she's like, mm, yep, sounds about right because he's not. Joe walks in with a black eye and he tells Ginny that her new look is very hot topic. And Padma asks what hot topic is. And Ginny says that she doesn't know, but she thinks he just insulted her, which do kids really not know what hot topic is? Is it that like foreign? I know that malls are like a thing of the past, but they're still at malls. Cynthia is drinking at the bar. Georgia comes in and she tells Joe that she asks Joe to see the catering menu and she tells him that he's invited to the wedding. And then Ginny sees Joe giving a longing look to Georgia. And I don't know why Ginny doesn't ever put that together. That Joe is in love with Georgia. Georgia apologizes to Ellen for not telling her about Marcus and Ginny. And she tells her about Marcus climbing through the window again. Um, Georgia asks Max if she has birthday plans and she says none that Ginny's invited to and then Max sees the picture of the three of them and then yells at Marcus. Paul opens the nightstand and he finds all of Georgia's vibrators and he's messing around and he's like being silly with it in his hand and then Ginny walks in and she's like I need to knock I know that now um and then Paul is talking to her. Oh, this is when he talks about the Austin thing. Paul's talking to her and he's like, can I ask you something without you getting mad? And uh, she's like, no promises. And then he starts asking her about the Austin's like 504 plan or whatever. And she's like, I'm mad. And then um, they're kind of like going back and forth. And then Georgia blurts out, they're not your kids. Um, Georgia's mad that Paul isn't trusting her at work. And Paul's mad that like Georgia's not opening up. Georgia asks Ginny to be her maid of honor. 
Ginny's having trouble sleeping. She does her makeup. She's dancing around. She's like doing this deep breathing and then she's popping her rubber band really aggressively. Nora tells Ginny and Abby that she likes their hair and then Max sees them talking and she gets upset. In therapy, Ginny asks how much of what she's capable of is predetermined and she keeps saying that she's fine. Um, She is having really big issues. Like one, I think thinking that she's going to follow in Georgia's footsteps and two I think she's feeling the weight of Georgia's actions for her Ginny tells Zion that she's staying at a friend's house so that she doesn't have to stay at Zion's with Austin the PI is looking into Anthony Green which is Georgia's first husband and he says the cop says that he remembers feeling bad for Georgia because um like she was just like this young girl and they said that she was never a person of interest and he's like, you know, how could she move a dead body? And the PI is like, that must be very convenient for her. And he's like, what? And he's like, everyone underestimates her. They have a living room dance party. Ginny leaves. Georgia texts Ellen that she's heading over to their house. And then Ellen barges in while Ginny and Marcus are making out. And she's like, Ginny, didn't see you coming through the front door. Max is upset that she was the wronged friend and everyone is getting along without her. Brody's basement floods, so he can't have the party on Friday. And it's interesting because Brody's basement doesn't look any different in the next episode that he's in. So I don't know about that flood, but okay. Max starts arguing with Ginny and Ginny tells her that she wasn't being a good friend either and that she loves her and she loves Marcus and Max like stops because she realizes that Ginny loves him and she's like I didn't know that and she says she's sorry um because I think that's different it's like one thing for like a girl to be like fucking around with your your brother but it's like another thing for like a girl to like love your brother like that's a little bit different Marcus comes over and he's like what the band's back together and then Ginny gives Marcus this like idea face and he's like no and then Max is like yes without knowing what they're talking about and Marcus is like you don't even know what we're talking about and she's like I don't care but I know I like it and so then Marcus says that for her birthday she can have his birthday because the basement got flooded and Max can't have her party but Ginny is going to offer up her house for the party instead of her house being like a love shack for the two of them Georgia and Paul have a really fancy dinner at Joe's which Joe's is the only place anybody goes in town. Paul says he thinks that Joe has a crush on Georgia and Georgia, like you can see it like occur over her face that she's never thought about it and she's flattered and she is happy about it, but she doesn't know, you know, whatever. Um, At the party, Max apologizes to Abby. Ginny tells Marcus to go upstairs and she'll meet him. And then Hunter asks Ginny to talk. Zion calls Georgia to ask if Austin can watch a movie, a PG-13 movie. And he's like, Ginny isn't answering. And she's like, Ginny isn't answering. And then she realizes that, oh, they pulled it, pulled one over on them. So she calls Ellen and she says, the little shits got us. Hunter and Ginny apologize to each other. He says that he loved her and she says she loved him too, but not the same way. And he says, make sure that he's good to you, meaning Marcus, you deserve it. Joe tells Cynthia that his black eye is from hockey, which we don't ever revisit that. So I'm not really sure if that was true. Ginny tells Marcus that they need pet names and Marcus tells her that he's not going anywhere. Ginny asks him what they are and he tells her that he's damaged and that he doesn't want to screw it up, but he wants her to be his girlfriend. He says, I love you, Virginia Miller, today, tomorrow, and forever. And Ginny gives him a blowjob. You'll love to see it. Um, And apparently she does better than the first time. And he also decides that he's going to start calling her Pooh because why not? 
Georgia, Paul, and Ellen, and I don't know what their dad's name is, but her husband, walk in and everyone leaves. And then Cynthia asks why Joe is so spiffy. He has a date later, but he says that it gets old. And then they bond over being lonely and drinking wine together. Paul lectures Ginny about... Paul lectures... Oh, yeah. Paul lectures Ginny about throwing a party. And George is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, she doesn't really say anything. And then, like, she goes away. And Paul's like, what the fuck? And she's, like, just happy that Ginny threw a rager like a normal teenager. And she said she can't be that screwed up if she's, like, throwing parties. Which is fair. It's, like, it's like a very contained regular house party nothing crazy just people drinking people listening to music people you know escaping into rooms to go make out with their boyfriends like it's really not like that crazy of a party so she's having a very typical house party which means like if she were totally screwed up she'd be having like you know an absolute rager which she calls it a rager and it's not a rager but like she'd be having like balls to the wall like ruining the house kind of parties or she'd be having like really scary like I don't know dark parties I feel like and then Ginny is upset again she calls her therapist and she breaks down and she says I'm doing fine I'm getting better and then she ends up like admitting I'm not okay and she's just like crying and she's saying she's not okay episode five is called lot lot k's are lit after a night out with Zion, Paul comes home to a startling discovery. Austin receives a surprise visitor at school. Ginny understands why Georgia is always running. She's overwhelmed with the amount of things that she's running from. Ginny is having a meltdown planning. Georgia's having a, a meltdown planning the wedding and the neighborhood party. Ginny mentions the thing about Kenny and Georgia's like, Ginny, hush. Kenny's our Voldemort, okay? We don't say his name in this house. We don't talk about it. Um, Jenny's still hourly laughing at school, but she's snapping her rubber band on her wrist and Mang is back together. Max is grounded until the end of time. And she says, goodbye, cruel world. Take me to the window, Winnie. I want to say goodbye, which I think is funny. Everyone's discussing how long they're grounded for. And they look at Jenny and she shrugs and she's like, oh, I'm not grounded. And I think Nora is the one that says that she's like, queen stays unbothered. Max is upset that Sophie didn't come to the party. Ginny tells the group that her and Marcus are official and Marcus is wearing a shirt that says I'm a hoot and it has an owl on it and I like it. The ladies of the fountain are these old women that plant flowers and worry about medians in the street and I, I guess they have a lot of money. So I don't think that ever gets visited again, but that is something that is mentioned. Um, and they're talking about a canned food drive that they have every year or something and Georgia says, Merry Christmas, here's a can of peas. And then Paul asks her, what she would have wanted and she says diapers tampons presents money and they decide that they're going to have a christmas carnival where they can charge admission and people can drop off donations paul puts georgia in charge of social media and paul asks georgia if she has the bandwidth for all of this because she's already got the wedding and the neighborhood party and he's worried about her there's a flashback georgia opens an empty cabinet and Ginny is saying that she's still hungry and georgia hasn't eaten any of her mac and cheese but she says well i'm steph so why don't you help me out and she ends up pouring her mac and cheese into Ginny's bowl and Ginny eats all of her mac and cheese which is really sad. Ginny's English teacher asks Ginny to pick a book that captures the black American experience to add to the syllabus, which is a, a lot fucked. Um, Hunter overhears this and he makes like a really annoyed face. He's like not happy about it. The teacher passes the girls in the hallway and Ginny and Bracia share a look of like this fucker. But Max like is just kind of like there and she like doesn't get the vibe. 
Brian gives Bracia a back massage. The cast is doing Secret Santa, and Max gets Brian, and so she offers to switch with Bracia. Bracia had silver. This is the thing about Bracia and Brian. Their storyline doesn't matter at all because they do at the end end up like they like each other. That's great. I like Bracia. I like that Ginny has someone that isn't. I like. It's. I think that it's rare for TV shows, books, whatever, to have this level of depth for their characters where, like, she has, you know, a mom that she's really close to, sort of. She has a dad. She has, like, like a core, like, family system. She also has a boyfriend. She also has, like, a core friend group. And then that friend group has a friend group because, like, she's not really friends with all the boys and stuff of the friend group and, like, Samantha and stuff like that. Um, So, but that friend group has, like, a deeper friend group. But then she also has, like, Bracia and, like, by association, like, Bracia's friends. And then Marcus has a friend group. Like, there's just, there's... There's a lot of levels of the friends, and I think that that is very realistic. So I appreciate, and then who knows where Brian comes in, but I appreciate that Bracia is a character, and I appreciate the level of like trying to make her a thing in this season because I do think she's important, but I think it's just a little difficult because that's why it's so hard to do in books and TV shows and movies and whatever is because periphery characters don't add to the story at all. And so like if you're giving them their own stories, which like this story, this whole like her and Brian thing is her whole story. If you're giving her a story, like she has to be important and she's not important, but I think that she adds value. So there's, you know, my 10 cents on that. But anyway, um, Georgia apologizes to Nick with a gift basket. She says that she wants him to be one of her bridesmaids. And she says that she'd never do anything to hurt Paul and that she loves him and that she loves her job. And Nick forgives her. Georgia asks Joe if he's doing okay. Padma is singing a song that she wrote and she asks Joe to host an open mic night. Marcus shows up and asks Ginny And Ginny asks him to leave because of Padma. She's trying to be respectful of Padma's feelings. Georgia reminds him to use the front door next time. Georgia asks Cynthia to come to her party. It's going to be a murder mystery. And Ginny is not happy about the theme. Georgia asks Joe if he's going to come. And he's like, "Mm, no, I can't. I'm going to have an open mic night. And he originally was saying he wouldn't have it. But to get out of anything with Georgia, he decides to do it. Ginny is having dinner at her dad's and she mentions that Paul has moved in and Zion didn't know that. She mentions the party that she had and Zion didn't know that. And then she mentions the teacher asking her to pick a book and Zion gives her both sides. You can change the system brick by brick or you can say not today and protect yourself for the bigger battles to come, which I think is really important like messaging. I also think it accurately defines like almost anything where it's like you can you can go to battle every single time, but it's a lot. Or you can save yourself and like battle when it's really, really important. I personally feel like I am the latter category. I am, I am, I say I'm an, like an empath, like I'm empathetic um, and not in like the least douchey way I could possibly call myself an empath. But um, sometimes it's just like too much. Like it just feels 
it's just too much. Like I can't even process the stuff that's going on with like Israel and everything because it's like it's so much that it's like overwhelming to me. And I know it's overwhelming for everyone. It's not like I'm special. It's not like like it hits me harder or anything like that. But it's just like I will go into a spiral. Um, and so I sort of I sort of float through life like everything's fine and roses and everything's great. And then like when confronted directly with like something, I'm like, this is fucked. And like I attack it with like everything I have. And that's why um, it's like not gotten me into trouble, but it's it's like caused some rifts in relationships with people around me where um, I go like blazing into the sun about an issue and like do not give a fuck about the other side because there is no other side like when you're talking about human life like it does not matter Um, and I will like back someone against a wall about what's wrong and what's right in this world Um, and so it's just like a little bit a lot Um, and so I fall definitely into the protect yourself for the bigger battles sort of situation. Like, um, I have to like protect my peace first, um, or I would be a mush puddle that is not able to do anything for anyone. Um, I, James Vanderbeek mentioned one time, um, that he also is a very empathetic person and he sort of schedules himself the time to care, about the world or else he would care all the time about the world. And that's kind of how I feel. Um, anyways, moving on. Marcus shows up at Ginny's at the door and Georgia says, I don't want you to panic, but this big frame right here is a door. You walk through it. I know you're not used to that. You usually just shimmy right up the drain pipe. It's not a secret portal. It won't teleport you to yesterday on a loop on repeat until you break the cycle. It's not magic. It's not a trap. It's not a trick. It's just a door. Um, which he then a little bit later is like, I knew you were going to do that. I've been here before. Um, but, um, Jenny is upset that her mom is having a murder mystery party. She says, if you get away with murder, you don't host, you don't host a murder mystery party. Jenny tells Marcus that Georgia killed Kenny to protect her and she feels guilty. Marcus tells her it's not true. She can't control what her mom does. Jenny asks Marcus if he could have a closure talk with Padma and he's like, mm, no. And then Georgia walks in and she drills Ginny's window closed just to really like nail it home. Like, don't sneak into this house. Paul starts going down on Georgia and then Zion calls and she answers. And he's like, did you have to answer that? Um, Paul and Zion are both saying the same things through the phone about um, Ginny and uh, everything that's going on in the kids' lives. And um, Georgia is like listening to them like they're both little girls and she's like you know what because he's like what's paul saying and dion's like what's what what are they like they're both like wait what did he just say what what are they talking about and she's like you know what paul said that he wants to go get a beer with you and she like hands the phone to paul and has him talk to zion and she like sets them up on a little bro date Nick tells Georgia that he would love to be her bridesman. I guess he had to think about it. I don't know. He says that he and the PI will be at the party, which is like joy. Silver's dressing Max and Max has like a little moment. Therapy. Um, Jenny vents about her teacher singling her out. And Jenny tells her that she doesn't feel like she can go to her mom with those kinds of problems or anything. And she says that Georgia isn't one to hug you and tell you that everything's going to be okay. She's like going to walk into the building and like get the man fired. 
The therapist asked if she's tried telling her mom that, and Ginny said she feels like she has to hold everything back all the time, and the therapist asks what would happen if she didn't. Ginny asks Georgia why she didn't punish her for the party, and Ginny tells her mom that she has to help at the open mic night and she can't go to her mom's party. And I guess Georgia, what is Georgia's answer for why she didn't punish her? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember what her answer was. The girls are making latkes at her at Max's house. The girls share a funny memory about a lemonade stand, and Ginny brings up the time that they made a lemonade stand, and their racist neighbor accused Ginny of loitering. Max brings up the book that she's supposed to recommend, and Georgia asks what she's talking about. Max keeps asking her mom to go to Brody's house to hang out, and Georgia tells her for what it's worth. The girls all wrote handwritten apologize, uh, apologies, which they did not, but she is trying to get them off the hook. Ginny asks Marcus what she should do, and Marcus tells her to pick the dictionary. Ginny doesn't want to give him the satisfaction of thinking that he's an ally, and Marcus tells Ginny that he's there for her. The girls pop in when Ginny and Marcus are making out, and Max tells them that they're going to Brody's. Marcus says no, but Georgia and Ellen pop in, and they're like going to hang out with them. So he ends up agreeing to go to Brody's. Joe flips through a dating app. Zion and Paul are at Joe's together, which, again, Joe's is the only place in town. Um, Paul says, I know that you and Georgia slept together right before we got engaged. And Joe's eyes skyrocket to his eyebrows. It's so funny. Paul assumes that Zion moved to town to be with Georgia. And he asks if he has anything to be worried about. And Zion tells him no. And he only wants what's best for her. And he wants them to succeed. Paul tells him that he's doing a great job with Ginny. Um, she's a great kid. He did a great job with her. Zion tells Paul that they make a nice couple and Joe makes a face about that, that they don't. Joe is just listening the whole time to their conversation and they're totally avoiding, not like not paying attention to Joe listening to them. And then Zion tells Paul that he's met someone that feels really special. And so he's happy. Everyone is at Brody's smoking weed and they're passing out beers and Hunter asks Marcus if he wants one. And Abby says, is that bro code for sorry I punched you in the face? And Marcus says, yes. Uh, to the beer, not that that's bro code. Paul introduces Joe to Zion. Paul asks what Zion thinks about the new boyfriend. Is she a bad influence? And he's pretty sure she's smoking weed. And Zion's like, Ginny doesn't smoke weed. And Joe's like, Joe makes a face because he's like, um, yeah, okay, no, no, of course not. She's not, of course not, but he knows better. Zion tells Paul that Ginny is going through a lot, but she tries to cover it up. And Joe says, yeah, George is like that. And then he walks away. And Zion asks Paul to keep an eye on Ginny and keep him in the loop. The boys are all playing their instruments and Hunter offers Marcus a guitar. Ginny says, are they bonding? And Max says, I hope not. Marcus is really good at the guitar. Brody's manhood is threatened. So he asks Abby to get on his back and he's doing like pushups. And this is like such normal friend basement vibes. Like somebody's playing a guitar. Somebody is like goofing off, like wrestling around. Like people are drinking. People are like laying all over each other. Like it's so normal. Um, she ends up falling off and he says how much do you weigh girl geez which is such a regular comment like it's just like a, oh my gosh like you're crushing me like silly comment but abby has weight issues and so she just like shrinks into herself and she's just like not okay marcus tells them that Ginny plays the piano um and so they all get her to go up and she plays the piano and samantha's like how did you even learn how to play the piano didn't you grow up super poor and she's like actually my dad taught me also 
shut up. And Abby's like, yeah, I love it when we're mean to Samantha, which I don't know why she's in the show. I don't know why she's there. I don't understand. I don't condone there being a character, especially because her name's Samantha. I don't condone there being a character that they all just pick on. And then Marcus is really pissed about her saying that. Paul comes home drunk and he says that Zion is the man. And Georgia says, I know, that's why I'm still in love with him. And then Paul gets like really sobered up and sad. And he's sitting at an awkward angle on the steps trying to take his shoes off. And he sees Georgia has a gun hidden and then they fight over it. And he says that he's going to get rid of it. And she's like, okay, fine. But if a scary, violent man breaks in, you'll be sorry. And there's a flashback to Georgia on a date with a man. And he's got a good job. And he's got a 401k. And her babysitter cancels. And she didn't tell him that she had a daughter. But he ends up staying. And they order in. Georgia shows up at Jenny's school. She's putting liquor and dirty magazines in her English teacher's drawer trying to get him fired. And Georgia calls Georgia called Zion and she said that she's not going to let someone treat her daughter this way. And she tells her that she would do anything for her. And Jenny tells her that that's a horrible thing to put on her. And she like gets the stuff out of the drawer and like gets her to leave. Padma asks to see Jenny's poems. And then she tells her that she should read it at open mic night. Max's parents and Nick and Jesse all come to the house to go to the neighboring, the neighborhood party. And Jesse who's the PI, sees a tattoo on George's back of like an eyeball or something. Padma sings a song about how you'll always be the one that got away, which is about Marcus, and it's a little awkward. Ginny reads her poem. Joe makes Cynthia laugh with really bad jokes. Paul and Georgia walk in, and Ginny's reading her poem, and it's super pointed at her mom. And Ginny and Georgia are both crying. Joe and Cynthia are goofing around, and they have a moment, and they kiss, and then Cynthia leaves. Ginny apologizes. Georgia's party ended early and she wanted to surprise her and so she's like just really upset and she says I can't believe that someone like you came from someone like me um because she's just like in her feels and then Austin's dad shows up in his classroom at the end of the episode episode six is called a very merry Ginny and Georgia Christmas special sparks fly as Paul and Zion's families join the Millers for a holiday dinner Austin looks for his Christmas gifts and makes a dangerous find Ginny talks about glitter magic. She says that Georgia always managed to make Christmas special. Paul is getting rid of the gun and asks Georgia if there's any more guns. Georgia is like brooding after Ginny's poem. She's like moping. Georgia says that she wants everything to be perfect for Paul's parents to come for Christmas. Ginny doesn't want her mom to be sad for Christmas. She feels really bad about the poem. Bracia's friends ask Ginny to weigh in on Brian's gift. Bracia is either getting him tickets to an escape room for a date or a hat, and she says tickets um, because she's really sentimental at Christmas time. And one of them's like, Christmas Ginny is scary. Marcus finds Ginny's poetry book and takes it over to her, but at the last minute, he like walks off with it. And like, spoiler alert, because like I already saw what happened, but originally I was like, gulp like I was like this is gonna be really bad he's gonna go through it um but he doesn't so we'll get back to that when it comes back around Georgia um oh they're talking about the carnival the Christmas carnival and she said I also invited the the women and children and Nick said from the Titanic and um oh I guess because they were talking about the Titanic I don't remember um but then she says, from the, from the women and children's shelter to the carnival. And then Georgia posted a thirst trap of Paul, and they get into an argument about it. He's not happy. He doesn't like how he's being portrayed. He feels stupid. 
Max sent Sophie a really long text message basically saying that she misses her. The gang is all at Joe's, and Ginny offers them, offered them up to paint kids' faces at the carnival, and Abby asks if they can just give them money, and Ginny says that's really snobby, and Max says, eat the rich, and Abby says, bitch, you have a summer house, you are the rich. And then they say, love you, mean it, hate you, kidding, which they haven't said all season, so it's the first time. I think it's really cute where they're like, love you, mean it. And then the person responds back, hate you, kidding. Austin's dad is doing magic tricks in Austin's class. His dad doesn't want Austin to tell his mom that he's there. He says that he's just getting the lay of the land. Paul picks up Austin and he says Christmas tree time. And Austin's dad is just like kind of watching. Bracia gives Brian the hat instead of the tickets. Max gives Silver this art stuff and they have like another moment together. Uh, Max's hair is fucking fabulous in this episode she has these big thick curly braids and it's amazing georgia goes to pick jenny up from work and she's still sad they're still like you know whatever and joe immediately knows what's wrong and he has the right face for it like he reads her so well like i know what has to happen is like georgia and joe end up together like that's the only way that this show makes sense even though she's literally marrying another man but like, I, I just know that they have to end up together. There's no reason for all of this for them not to unless the show gets canceled or something. And then that's going to be really sad. But um, he just picks up on her on her moods, on her faces, on her problems. And he just understands her on a deeper level. And so he immediately knows what's wrong with her. And he has the right outlook on the situation and he tells her that Ginny's just a kid and she didn't mean anything by her poem. And then Ginny apologizes um and georgia says life's hard i'm terrible you're sorry it's fine there's a flashback to a previous christmas where austin's dad gil shows up with a bunch of presents he does a magic trick and um that's like how you like are supposed to know that like this guy that we've been seeing in flashbacks is austin's dad because he does the same magic trick and he got Georgia a necklace and, like, really expensive things. Ginny and Georgia show up at Zion's. And Georgia says, I want to see the bachelor pad. And Simone is there. And Georgia keeps rhyming because she says that Ginny's poem is haunting her. And Zion's like, poem? And Georgia goes, nope, nope, let's not do that. <laughs> and uh, Georgia has word vomit. And she invites Zion and his family over for Christmas. And it's really awkward for everyone involved. Austin goes snooping for presents and he finds a gun. It's like a separate gun, not the gun that Paul was getting rid of. He drops it and it's a really terrifying like couple of minutes in the show. Like it's like really, for a second I was like, is he going to shoot somebody? Is he going to accidentally shoot himself? Like what's going on? Jesse, the PI, is Googling um, the tattoo that Georgia has and it pulls up a blood, the Blood Eyes biker gang. Max says that Marcus must really love Jenny to show up to such people-y places. Uh, I don't know what that was in regards to. Jesse shows up. At, oh, it was at the carnival. Jesse shows up at the carnival and tells Georgia that she has interesting ties to the biker gang involving crime. And she says there isn't anything for him to find. I think this was the episode. Uh, it might have been this episode. It might have been the next one. But she basically is like, no, I think I think it's not this one. So I'm not going to say anything. But I don't know. Cynthia shows up at Joe's and she says that she doesn't want there to be any awkwardness between them. Paul tells Georgia that she's making him a joke by making him Santa. He is Santa for the Christmas carnival. And he tells her that he's the boss and he says that he won't allow her to disrespect him in his home or in his job. He's waiting for her to let him in. We're getting married. When is that going to happen? And she just apologizes. Um, it's a little, it's, it's, there's a smidge 
of him being aggressive in this situation where he's like, I will not be made a fool of in my house. I will not be. And it's like, while I do understand his position, um, and I do understand Georgia is a handful, there's a little bit of like this like me man, me boss, me blah, 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 where it's like, I don't know. There's something about it I don't like. And I know that Paul's like a pretty much a stand-up guy, so I think it's just... I think it's just the way that it's got to be portrayed. I don't know. But there's a little, a little bit that it was just a little toxic. Um, they have a consent card kissing booth. Max sees Sophie step into the booth. So she asks Silver to trade places with her so that she can be Sophie's kiss. Max asks if Sophie would like a kiss. And she says no, like really emphatically. Sophie tells her that she needs to accept that they're over. Marcus is going to Vermont for Christmas. He gives, I know somebody that's lived there before. Um, he gives Georgia her notebook back. He painted it really pretty. It's like her Christmas present. Um, he said that he wanted the outside to match the inside, but he says that he didn't open it. And I, my heart melted. That is so, like, not only is that so thoughtful that he knows that she's like pouring her soul out into this notebook. And so he, wants it to be beautiful on the outside instead of just a plain notebook but then also the fact that he like didn't read it he knows like there's probably a lot of shit in this notebook and he didn't read it and he didn't invade her privacy it's just like that was a lot he said the world sucks but you are my favorite person and I just I just really love that I love him so much Georgia is in a cooking frenzy she drops the potatoes and she just like slithers to the floor and she says no bones, which is really funny. She said, Paul's parents hate me. Zion's parents hate me. You hate me. Talking to Ginny. Ginny tells Georgia that she's struggling. Didn't you hear the poem? And she says that she did, but Ginny doesn't think that she did. Ginny sees a lighter on the shelf and she takes it and then she goes and burns herself. Um, and that's like the first time that she burns herself since she's been going to therapy. So it's a little aggressive, but it's basically like she's telling her like, like, Georgia's making it about her and Georgia's like you were so mean to me and Jenny's like but I'm I'm dealing with stuff like do you understand that I'm dealing with stuff and she's like yeah yeah totally I totally understand that you're dealing with stuff and she's like I don't feel like you understand and she's like well I do and it's like but you don't um there's a very awkward Christmas dinner everyone is basically hounding Georgia um everything that she says like someone else at the table has a quip about either Paul's family or Zion's family and it's just like not great um but it is like really comical to watch so then she asks Zion about Simone she says Zion has a new lady friend let's all talk about her instead um and she's still rhyming everything that she says everything that gets brought up Zion's mom brings back to Georgia to make her look bad they talk about college um where Ginny might go to college um and they all kind of discuss like where Ginny has ties to based on everyone else in the room like what colleges she could go to and um uh, she says something to, I don't remember what it said to Georgia, but she says, Lynette, it's like you're writing my biography. Uh, they argue about how the kids could have had a good life, but Georgia didn't want their help. Georgia leaves the table and says, I'm going to go get some more wine or my GED. Jenny goes to comfort her mom and she says, not you, not right now. Um, that if Jenny is the one that comforts her, then she will cry. Cause obviously it's like, you see this like really smart, intelligent young kid and you like want the world for them. And there is a chance that you could have given them better had you let people help you. But 
so for her to be the one to like comfort her is like a lot. Diane goes to check on her and Georgia says she's right and that's what kills me. And then Paul ends up cutting in and he like comforts her instead of Zion. Georgia shows up at Joe's. Georgia tells Joe that she really thought that she could do it, that she could live here and have the perfect life and the perfect wedding. And Georgia asks Joe why he's not with his family and he says that his family's in California. Joe tells Georgia that she reminds him of his sister and he says gorgeous and talented and he says bossy. And she said, do you know what I like about you, Joe? And he said, what do you like about me? And this question is so, it's so flirty because he's like, what do you like about me? Like so like smug and cute. Um, she said, I feel like, I never feel like you're judging me, which is like, again, he is just so to the core. He understands her and I love it so much. He makes a joke that he is judging her all the time and she hugs him and she thanks him. And then Georgia tells Joe that she's always loved horses, even as a little girl. Um, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I guess they must've been talking about horses. And then she walks out and he says, yeah, I remember because they haven't addressed the fact that they have met in the past. Paul is sitting watching TV. He has a glass of wine for Georgia. He's a good guy. This is where I came back around because I was like, Paul's actually a good guy. Like he, she comes in and she sits on the couch next to him and he already has like a glass of wine for her and he's like very comforting and that's very nice. And he's not, I feel like it would be very normal for him to be like, where were you? Because she just like up and went to Joe's in the middle of Christmas dinner. I don't know. Cynthia shows up at Joe's after he's closed. They kiss and then they end up having sex. Austin tells Ginny that he and Marcus painted all of their presents together, which I think is really cute that like Marcus helped Austin with the presents. Paul gives Georgia the mount for their wedding. That's the place that she really wanted to have it. And they were booked up and he was like, well, I'm the mayor. So he was able to like pull strings, which I think is a really cute gesture. Austin does a magic trick and it scares Georgia because she's like, where the fuck did he learn that? That's exactly what his dad did. And then Gil shows up at the doorstep. Paul is like the enforcer and he's like ready to make Gil leave. And then Paul ends up taking Austin sledding and Gil tells Georgia, tells Georgia that he's changed. Georgia sees Ginny's notebook. Um, I guess this is after Gil leaves. She sees her notebook like sitting on the floor in her bag and she takes it and she reads it and she finds out that Ginny burns herself. And she calls Zion and she's like freaking out and she's like, you know, whatever. And she finds out that Zion knew and she goes into Ginny's room and she says, show me. And, um, she like tells her basically that she knows that she burns herself and they both cry and break down. And she says, I'm so sorry that I missed this. And then she's like, give it to me give me all your pain. Like give it all to me. And this is like, I love this so, so much. I love how much she loves her kids. Like she, is a questionable ethical character like she's got her issues but she's she cares so fiercely for the people she cares for and um I obviously don't want to be you know a criminal as a mom but I do hope that my kid feels as loved as like you can see like pouring out of her because it's just like like that's what you want as a mom like just like let me take all of your pain like let me take all of your problems like let me handle everything and like you just like float through the breeze and like everything be hunky-dory episode seven is called let us serenade the shit out of you georgia insists on going to Ginny's therapy session where raw truths emerge gil pushes his way into austin's life and georgia finds cause to celebrate georgia and Ginny have been hanging out on the couch they've just been like spending all of winter break together they feel like you know some things have thawed georgia calls zion's place a trendy toaster uh she goes over to yell at zion for not telling him 
for not telling her that Jenny was hurting herself and was in therapy. And he's like, you know, she, it was her privacy. I was respecting her privacy. Marcus gets back from his grandparents' house in Vermont. Austin shows them a magic trick that he learned from Gil. Marcus told Jenny that they played a lot of Uno, but then when Marcus, or when Jenny sees Max later on, she's like, that's weird, because he didn't really come out of his room the whole time that they were there. Max is still obsessed with Sophie, and then Nora says that she's always on her period. I don't know what that's about, but okay. Gil wants to take Austin to a hockey game, and Georgia says no. Ellen pops in and says that she found a dress, and she's assuming she's a bridesmaid. Ginny chooses Sister Outsider as her book for her English teacher, and she and he tells the class and Ginny at the same time that she'll lead a discussion on Friday about the book. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, why am I being the teacher? Like, it's basically like he is requiring her to teach the entire class about the buck experience, and that is bullshit. Gil shows up at Austin's school with the tickets, and he invites him in front of the other moms, so she can't say no. There's a flashback. Gil likes buying Georgia things. He tells her that he's stealing money from his company through fake invoices. She, like, asks him questions, trying to figure out, like, how he's doing what he's doing because she knows he's got more money than he should. Georgia gives Austin a watch that has a tracker in it so she can track him whenever he's with Gil. Ginny's having dinner with Zion and Simone. Simone is a defense attorney, and Ginny asks if she ever feels guilty defending someone who is guilty. And she says it's her job to humanize someone's choices and to find the reason why someone did a bad thing. She says there's almost always a reason. Um, and I think, like, that's a little bit helpful for Ginny because she is questioning, her, you know, her role and everything and like her mom and how who her mom is as a person and like ultimately like the things that her mom does is for like the well-being of her and her family so it's like find the why Ginny tells Zion that she has to lead the class discussion and he wants to call the school but she says that she's got it covered Zion drops Ginny off when Gil is dropping Austin off Zion Gil and Paul are doing this weird like three men standoff thing and then when Gil leaves Paul's like we don't like this guy right and Zion's like no we don't like Gil at all Marcus is going through something he's like skipping school everything's really weird Bracia and Ginny ask Max what's going on with her and Silver, and they mock her for being really flirty, and they tell Max that it's really obvious that Silver likes her. Marcus shows up to school wasted. Max helps Marcus out. Um, Georgia um, ends up showing up, so Max has to be the one to, like, take him out of the school, and she's like, where do you think we are, euphoria, which I think is really funny, um, and then Georgia is there to take Ginny to therapy, Ginny lets her mom stay for her therapy session, because she, like, forces her way into the session, um, and then Ginny tells Georgia that she doesn't respect her boundaries, Marcus asks if Ginny likes him, and Max says that between him and Pete Davidson that she doesn't get the appeal. Straight women are weird. And Marcus says that he doesn't think that Ginny should like him. And he's like just like drunkenly confessing things to Max. Ginny tells her mom that she doesn't understand that she's black. Ginny needs Georgia to listen. Georgia takes up a lot of space and Ginny doesn't feel like there's room for her. Georgia always told Ginny to be strong and that vulnerability vulnerability is a weakness. And she thinks that she might have been wrong about that. And then Ginny tells Georgia about her discussion for English. And Georgia says that she may not have been perfect but that she didn't raise Ginny to take any shit. Abby sends Ginny an SOS text. Her dad has a girlfriend. Ginny asks where Max and Nora are, and Abby says they don't come from broken homes, and it shows. So, like, I like that Abby and Ginny can relate to some, like, on, a, a, like, a level, because I think that Ginny and Max are really close, but it's nice to see, like, Abby and Ginny maintaining something of a friendship because they never did before because they can, like, bond on this level. 
Joe tells Ginny that she's becoming more and more like her mom, which again is just like him thoroughly seeing them. Cynthia's waiting for Joe to get off work and he tells her that he's worth the wait. Abby wants something sweet to eat and then she immediately has to go to the bathroom. Austin shows up at Blue Farm. For what reason does Austin show up at Blue Farm? Cynthia introduces herself to Gil and offers to help him. Maybe Gil shows up at Blue Farm. And then Cynthia introduces herself to Gil and offers to help him find somewhere to live because she's a realtor, which I forgot. Cynthia tells Gil that she hates Georgia. And um, she says, Georgia doesn't like you to Gil. And Gil says, well, Georgia embezzled money from my company, framed me, got me fired, and sent me to prison. So I'm not overly fond of her myself. And then Cynthia starts telling him about um Georgia stealing money from the mayor and then Joe walks out and Joe seems kind of pissed off but they don't ever really address it so I don't know Ginny goes to see Marcus um and he's just not doing great Ginny has her assignment but she ends up saying no the black experience is either erased from the curriculum or she has to take on extra work to make it happen. And she says, I'm dropping this damn class. And she walks out. Maxine squeals and she follows her out. Hunter says, this is bullshit. And then Maxine apologizes to Ginny for not seeing what was happening because she, um, like, Ginny's like, how do you not get, like, how big of a deal this is? And then, like, she, like, basically tells her, like, that she was a bad friend. Like, Max says that she's sorry for being a bad friend and she should have noticed what was going on. Max tells Silver that she thinks she's a shitty friend. She doesn't see things going on with other people. Silver tells her that she's a caring person with a generous heart and then Silver offers her a hug and Max says no and she jumps up. Ginny, Ellen, Max, Nick, and Joe surprise Georgia with a bachelorette party. There's a flashback to Ginny's birthday where she's opening presents from Gil and Zion is looking very unsettled. Um, Max apologizes again for not seeing what was going on with Ginny. Also, she thinks that Silver likes her. Jesse shows up and Ginny gets Jesse to leave by threatening to scream. Joe picks up Georgia's sunglasses that are actually his. Ginny says Ginny's hard to say no to, or Joe tells Georgia that Ginny's hard to say no to, like mother, like daughter. Ginny and Georgia go home and she freaks out that Gil had Austin and his watch wasn't on him. And then there's a flashback and Georgia has face paint on for Ginny's birthday and then she's in the bathroom wiping it off and there's a bruise underneath and the assumption is that it's from Gil. Episode 8 is called Hark Darkness Descends. After a sudden behavior change raises concerns among his friends, Marcus has a tearful meeting with Ginny. Austin witnesses a terrifying scene. So this episode is a clusterfuck and everything is loose and nothing is tied together and it doesn't make any sense because every single episode has had a clear start, a clear finish. Every character has clear motives and you understand exactly what everything was going on in the show. This episode, I was like, what the fuck? And then the next episode ties together and you see everything happening at the same time so it's almost like the episode is one long episode where it's like you're seeing half of the viewpoints in this episode and then you see the other half in the next episode so they kind of go together um I mean they definitely go together but like they also have their own information so if you can navigate what's going on let's go Marcus has depression. Um, He says that he feels so alone. You can be with someone you truly love, but you're not really with them. Everyone's fighting a battle you can't see. Ginny is late for work. Joe takes Cynthia's table with two other moms. Gil is at the house, and he convinces Austin to add Paul to his family tree. Max, Nora, and Abby are hanging out. Sophie bought a ticket to the musical. Preston is texting Abby. Nora feels like Jordan might be taking her for granted. Silver and Marcus are hanging out. 
Marcus takes their dad's alcohol. The girls tease Max about Silver, and then Max tells the girls that she's worried about Marcus. Austin had a play date at Zach's, and Georgia was going to pick him up, but Gil showed up. Cynthia sent Gil a house listing, and Cynthia is talking to her husband, and it's really sad because she's just, like, talking about how she misses him, and it's not the same, and they were supposed to do all these things, and he's dying. Joe is closing up and dancing around, and Padma is there, and she ends up helping a drunk Marcus inside, and Joe gives him water and bread, and he tells him that high school doesn't last forever, and then Padma offers to take Marcus home. There's a flashback to Joe stealing the answers to a test, and Joe is bullied, and he stands up for himself, and he's like, he says he's not great at letting things go, and he punches the guy who's bullying him, and the guy punches him back. So Joe is definitely the the dorky kid in high school, but he also wasn't super straight edge. He was like, you know taking answers and he was like standing up for himself and like he wasn't a pushover marcus apologizes to padma she asks why he told her that he didn't want to date anyone seriously and he tells her that he wasn't using her and that he liked her a lot but he doesn't have the answer that she wants and she tells him that he really hurt her and he said yeah i hurt everyone and he says that he's a disaster and he shouldn't be with anyone and then max comes to get marcus inside and the thing is is like he doesn't say the answer, but there is an answer there when she says, why Why did you tell me that you didn't want to date anyone seriously? That's because he didn't. He didn't want to date anyone seriously. But Ginny was different. She was somebody that he was able to open up with that he felt like he wanted to be with. And that wasn't a feeling that he had had before. And it wasn't anything that Padma did wrong. And it wasn't that he was lying to Padma. It was just like he just like didn't want anything serious and then something serious found him. And I don't think that – it's not his fault. He could have handled it better, but it's not his fault. And I think that she did get her answer, even though he thinks that he didn't give her an answer. Preston is at Abby's. He's being a dick. He does the shirt over his head one-handed thing, which is very hot. Um, and she tells him that she hates him, and they hook up. Marcus is struggling. He The girls tell Hunter that he should date someone like Padma. And then Ginny is now in Stupid Kid English. I think she dropped down like two levels of English because that was the class that was available or something. Paul's arguing with his parents about Georgia and there are budget cuts that are being made at the school and Nick once warns him that the parents at the school are going to freak out about budget cuts. Simone asks Zion when the last time was that he was with Georgia and he's honest and tells her that it was recently. She asks if she's setting herself up for failure and he says that she's always going to be in my life and she said, yeah, but does she leave anyone, does she leave a room for anyone else to be? Max asks Marcus if Silver is single. She's intrigued. Max doesn't want to get hurt again. Marcus tells her that she's emotionally fearless. It's her best and worst feature. Marcus tells her that he doesn't know if it's a good idea for him to be with anyone. It's not Ginny. He loves her. She's the only thing that makes him happy, but that's not but that's the problem. No one person should be responsible for your happiness. That's not fair. And then he does tell Max that Silver is single. Nora meets Jordan at Blue Farm for their anniversary dinner, which she's a little upset about because that's like ho-hum where everything happens. Hunter texts Max and tells her that everyone's in, whatever that means. And then Max tells her dad that she hates being the villain in the play. And he says that she's so good at it. And she says that everyone's going to laugh at her. And she's tired of feeling like she's too much for everyone. And her dad reminds her that all of her favorite Disney characters are funny, like um, Olaf and the genie and things like that. And he says that any pretty girl can be Snow White, but how many can be dopey? And she tells her dad that she's worried about Marcus, and he agrees. And that is a really cute scene. And I really do love, like, the sign representation is so good. They do such a good job with that. And it doesn't 
It doesn't feel weird like you're watching something and like you're having to read subtitles and like you're not like it still feel it's it's really well acted. Like I'm assuming I'm not positive. Maybe like well no, maybe he's not deaf. Maybe he's just acting. But regardless, like that it's still really well done acting that it doesn't pull you out of the show at all that you're watching people use sign language. There's a school board meeting. Georgia asks Zion why he didn't bring Simone. Um, they say stand if you think more money needs to go to the school and Zion stands, which is really funny because this school is like probably really, really getting a lot of money and like they don't need more money, but whatever. Zion asks if more diversity can be included. Georgia gives a speech about how they need more money for the schools and they also need more money for the town. So Georgia debuts small business Saturdays. Each week, a different town business will be advertised and then a percentage of the profits will go to the school which is a really smart thing, but it wasn't pre-talked about with Paul. Zion looks at Georgia and he says, good idea, Paul. Um, Marcus's parents wonder, oh, because they were saying what Paul's idea is and Georgia stepped up and said, Paul's idea is, and she said, Marcus's parents wonder if Marcus needs to go back to a therapist or change his medicine around. Zion talks to Jenny's English teacher and he lets him know that Jenny dropped the class. Georgia rushes out and then Zion runs after her and he tells her that she can talk to him and she gets really emotional, but she tells him that she can take care of herself. There's a flashback of Georgia shooting her stepdad. Zion ended up being there. So I guess like when we saw it in season one, she shot him and that was the end of it. But I guess actually what happened was she shot him and Zion was right behind her. Gil thanks Cynthia for helping him find somewhere to live. Georgia shows up to meet with Gil. Joe tells Cynthia that he doesn't like Gil, and Cynthia realizes that Georgia is the one that Joe likes. Joe thinks that Georgia needs help, and Cynthia tells Joe that he should be thankful because Georgia would eat him alive. He doesn't have a malicious bone in his body. And then there's a flashback to someone tipped the office off that the bully was stealing test answers, and it was Joe. So this is basically, the flashback is basically to say, Joe is not just like this sweet innocent little dude like Joe can handle his own and Joe would be okay to be matched with Georgia in English class Hunter and Max look at each other and then Hunter starts discussing sister outsider and then all the other students chime in so this is what they were cooking up is for them to all discuss the book even though Ginny isn't there because they're trying to stick it to the teacher. Cynthia sees Gil grabbing Georgia and she ends up rescuing her she like goes in and she starts talking about oh we should set up another play date. Um, because she oversees him, like, manhandling her. Joe asks Ginny how her mom is doing, and then the PI comes in and he asks to talk to her. But this was what pissed me off, because, like, this, he doesn't say why. Like, nothing happens. The Wellington musical, Marcus sits with Ginny, and she's pissed, and he asks her what's wrong, and she says nothing. And this is another thing that I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because this feels, like, very unresolved. Joe shows up at Cynthia's and asks to come in. He tells her that she was right. He does have a thing for Georgia. He tells her that he didn't mean to hurt her or use her at all. And Cynthia laughs at him. And she says that she needed it. That they both were sleeping with each other. Wishing it was someone else. Like she was not at all like into Joe. It was just like she misses her husband. And she wished she could be with him. Um, He thinks that she's wonderful. And one of the strongest women that he knows. And she tells him that it's been really nice to have him as a friend. So that's a really nice moment. Silver tells Max that she's her favorite character in the play. Marcus tries to get Ginny to smile throughout the play, and she's really stony with him. Preston grabs Abby's hand, and then he ends up feeling the tape on Abby's leg, and he's like, what the fuck is that? Bracia sounds really good. Like, she's like Brandy. Like, she's just, like, flawless. It's so good. Austin is hiding in a cabinet at Cynthia's house, and he sees Georgia walk in and smother Cynthia's husband with a pillow. And I was like, What the fuck? That's so unprompted. There's no reason for this. And so, thankfully, in the next episode, it goes through that. But I was like, What the fuck? 
Jordan and Nora are acting really weird. He choked, she choked, and he had to give her the Heimlich maneuver, but they don't want to talk about it. A lot of this stuff is, like, really confusing. Marcus put his arm around Ginny, and she goes to the bathroom. Ginny tells Marcus to tell her that he doesn't want to be her boyfriend anymore. Marcus says that he doesn't want to hold Ginny back. She tells him not to pretend like he's doing it for her. And he said, it's not you. It's me. I'm sorry. And she said, he said, I'll always be here for you. And Ginny says that he wouldn't want to do this to her. She said, you wouldn't hurt me like this. And he said, I don't want to keep hurting you. And she's like, what is with this goddamn hallway? Because this is what happened last year. Um, and he said, she said, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And he said, she said, you're supposed to be the one who doesn't lie to me. Um, and he says, I don't have room for anyone else's pain right now. And she said, you're going to regret this. Please don't do this. And then she leaves. Um, Sophie cheers really loud for Max. Brian tells Bracia that he's the reason, she's the reason that he did the play. Max asks Silver if she can kiss her and she says, hell yeah. And then after that, Sophie comes up and asks Max if she wants to grab coffee sometime because she feels like they have unresolved stuff to talk about. And this is like such mixed messaging because she was just telling Max, like, you need to get over the fact that we're over. But I think she like sees like Max doing well and she's like, oh my God, I still like you. Max knows that something happened and she goes in and lays with Marcus and Marcus says that he doesn't have it in him to be loved and then they hear a gunshot and I said this episode was unhinged a lot of loose ends and it wasn't typical usually everything happens for a reason and it goes together so I was really confused after this episode I didn't understand what the fuck was going on or why everything was so disjointed or why nothing had clear conclusions or resolutions or anything and then you watch the next episode and the next episode really like ties it all up together. Episode 9 is called Kill Gill. A buried secret comes to light. Georgia, Joe and Georgia reminisce and already heartbroken Ginny overhears upsetting news. So this takes place three days earlier. Um, it starts the same way as the other episode did. They're days away from the wedding, which I didn't realize the wedding was this close. Like this feels like vast approaching with little planning. Gil is at the house. He asked Georgia for money for pizza and snacks. There's a flashback to Georgia packing and she says that they live in Austin, which I guess is where Austin's name comes from and like Ginny came from Virginia. Gil says that he has a lot to put up with and he just gives and gives and gives and Georgia is just so lucky. The PI shows up and Georgia realizes that he has nothing he can pin on her. So this is what I was talking about is that he's like doing all this talking and posturing and she's like, oh my God, she's like, you don't have anything. She's like, you don't have anything. You can't do anything. And so she kind of has like this moment of relief. Brian shows up at Blue Farm and he tells Ginny that he's planning on asking Bracia out. Georgia shows up at Cynthia's and she's crying. Georgia shows up and Cynthia's crying and Georgia tries to comfort her. And she is there to pick up Austin, but Gil already picked him up. Marcus tells Ginny that she shouldn't be the one that's punished um, because she dropped down two levels in English. Ginny's upset with the class. Everyone goofs off and is on their phones and really obnoxious. Like, it's such a blow-off class, and she feels really frustrated because she was just coming off of this, like, really AP English class. Georgia knows Paul's parents aren't excited about the wedding, and Paul asks if Georgia will sit somewhere that he can see her at the town meeting because he just needs to be able to see, like, a friendly face, which I think is really cute. Nick tells Georgia that Jesse... The PI is acting weird and that he can feel him pulling away. And Georgia tells Nick that she just wants him to be happy because um, she's basically saying like, oh, maybe you should just like let him pull away because she thinks that that's because he's going to leave town. Um, and Nick's like, well, you never liked him anyway. And she's like, I just want you to be happy. Like it's it's hard because she like she doesn't want 
to be a Debbie Downer for her friend, but she also knows, like, he's not real, so what's going on? Georgia asks Ginny to give her away at the wedding. Ginny tells her that's too patriarchal, and she said, oh, the patriarchy has way too firm a hold on me. I grew up on low-rise jeans and America's Next Top Model. It's too late for me. Leave me, but save yourself. Ginny says yes. Georgia tells Ginny about killing Anthony Green, her first husband, and she tells her it was an accident, and he's technically a missing person. Um... But she says that since therapy, they've been doing really good, and she just wanted to be honest, and so she doesn't want Ginny to find out anything else. And Ginny says that she doesn't think that's what Dr. Lily meant, but that she's happy that Georgia is happy. Ginny overheard Marcus's conversation with Max about Ginny, but she didn't hear the part where he says, it's not Ginny, I love Ginny. She, like, left before that. Padma tells Ginny that Marcus would be an idiot to break up with her. Jordan got Nora a ring, and he put it in the milkshake. Um, which I guess is what she then chokes on later. Gil tells Georgia that the PI asked what he knows about her past and he wants her. Gil tells Georgia that the PI asked what he knows about her past and he wants her to meet him at Blue Farm. Gil says that he didn't say anything to the PI and she asks what he wants and he says he wants his life back. He wants to have a relationship with his son and Georgia's like, oh, no, 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 you want money. Gil says that he's going to blackmail her because Paul is rich and he doesn't want the PI to mess up that. So he's not going to interfere with her marriage to Paul. Georgia tells him that he can't keep picking him up from school and having playdates, picking him up from playdates. And Gil tells her that he can do whatever he wants. And she asks if she's like, so is it if you can't, she asks, so it's, you can run, but you can't hide. And he says, ha no, you can't run either. Gil shows up at Austin's school and he says that he got hockey tickets and she says no he can't go and then he chases her up the stairs and that's where Cynthia sees him like manhandling her. The PI tries to tell Ginny new information but she's not phased and she he tells her that her mom is a dangerous person and he tells her that others may die if she protects her mom and this time it will be her fault which I do think gives her pause she's like wait a minute like this could also be on me. Georgia tells Cynthia that everything with Gil is complicated, and Cynthia tells Georgia that she slept with Joe, which Georgia has a hard time dealing with. Cynthia confides to Georgia that Tom was supposed to be gone, but he's holding on for them, and it's killing them. Like, she loves him so much, but, like, it was assumed that he was going to be gone by now, and it's just, like, lingering pain. Um, and she doesn't want Zach to remember her his dad like this and she wants him to remember all the fun things and she says that she just wants it to be over um and then she tells Georgia that she blocked Gil's apartment application and she blacklisted him so basically he's not going to be able to get an apartment in town and Georgia wants to repay Cynthia like she is thankful for Cynthia so she goes in to Tom's room she tells Tom that they're strong and that Cynthia's going to be okay and that she'll look out for them that she promises and she suffocates Tom and she's crying while she's doing it so this is what we didn't see in the previous episode and you're like where the fuck does this come from because it feels like it comes from out of nowhere but it's really like she has deep feelings for Cynthia they have like a very interesting relationship and Cynthia has done favors for her and Cynthia mother to mother has seen her pain and she sees Cynthia's pain and she knows that there's something that she can do to help so she does it. Ginny runs around the corner after her fight with Marcus and she says follow me follow me follow me and he doesn't. This is like after they fight at the play. Austin won't talk to Georgia because he saw what happened. He's being really short with her. Joe comes back over to give Georgia the sunglasses she left at his place. 
And Georgia asks him about Cynthia. She's like, you love Cynthia? She says that she's mad that he didn't tell her. But it's really like just like kind of rubs her weird just for him to be with someone. Georgia and Joe both admit that they know what the sunglasses are. They they both remember each other from the past. Joe tells her that he doesn't want them. He doesn't want to keep the sunglasses because she's engaged and that he tried to put up boundaries and keep her at a distance. And he says that she just seeks him out. And Joe asks if she has feelings for him. And she tells him that she's getting married. And he tells her that he wants to be happy. And he asks her if he's crazy. And she basically tells him, no, she's not. That she, he says that she thinks of everything. And so she says, you're right. I do. I think of everything. And she's basically telling him, like, I've also thought about this. I've also imagined what it would be like for us to be together. Jenny shows up crying and she tells Georgia that Marcus broke up with her and she said he told me he would love me forever and Georgia says men love saying that they find it fun Georgia tells her that he's a troubled kid but he does love her Georgia thinks that Paul is home but it's Gil he throws her across the room and he's mad that she made him lose the apartment and he's throwing her all around the room and then Austin runs in and shot shoots Gil. He hits him in the arm. Georgia tells Ginny to get the bleach and the paper towels and she tells Austin to get her sewing kit. Marcus asks Ginny if he heard a gunshot and Ginny wants to call the police and Georgia says that they can't do that. They'll take Austin to juvie. Ginny cleans up and Georgia sews Gil's arm up and Austin makes a picture to cover up the bullet hole in the wall and then Paul comes home to them sitting at the table eating cookies and smiling at him and pretending like nothing happened. Paul wants to make sure that they're a team and they make plans together. And Paul says that he's only day, days away from being Georgia's partner in crime, which is like such a choice of words. Georgia tells Austin that his dad is a really nice dad to Austin, but he's not nice to her, which I think is a fantastic way of saying what she's saying because she doesn't have to give him any credit at all, and she does. Ginny doesn't want to kill around her ever again. She's like terrified for her mom and she thinks that she should tell Paul and Georgia tells them that they can get through anything if they stick together and Austin says that he's always going to protect her and then there's a flashback to Georgia being pregnant and that's her being pregnant with Austin and then Georgia later that night alone calls them out and she cancels and she says that the wedding is off and she cries and then she goes in and she lays next to Paul and she cuddles him and then Nick shows up at Jesse's and he tells him that it isn't a good time and he tells Jesse that Cynthia's husband died and Georgia was there and then Jesse reports Tom's death as a murder and basically the way that this scene is going is like Jesse is packing up pretty much like gonna be done investigating Georgia and Nick comes in and he's like just trying to talk to him and he like doesn't have time for him doesn't want to talk to him because he's gonna like leave basically um and Nick saying like well you know I just thought you'd like want to know like Cynthia's husband just died and like you know whatever and then slips and like mentions that Georgia was there and so then Jesse realizes that Georgia was involved and he reports the murder and he was she was this close to getting away with it and to getting him out of town and then that happened. Episode 10 is called I'm Not Cinderella. As Gil continues to make threats and Cordova closes in, revelations about Georgia's past surface at the worst possible time. So Cordova is the PI. Maxine runs up to Ginny and she's really emotional for her and she says, I hate men and she says, be gay. Gay is fun. Maxine gushes to Hunter about Silver and she tells Hunter that Marcus broke up with Ginny and Hunter's obviously like, what an idiot. Ginny and Marcus look at each other when they're not looking in English class, and then Preston invites Marcus to go to Brody's house for a party. 
Gil shows up at Austin's school and Austin doesn't want to talk to him and Gil tells Georgia to talk to Austin or he will make her life hell. There's a flashback to Gil throwing Georgia down and she pulls a gun out and he says, you got a gun. And she says, Jamie did. Why can't I? Which is so funny. And then he says, you're not going to kill Austin's dad. You're stuck with me. Max and Sophie are having coffee and Jenny thinks it's weird. Uh, Joe says, didn't you know? There's nothing that Georgia doesn't think of, which is him just like ruminating on their conversation. Jenny tells Joe that her and Marcus broke up and she feels discarded and he says the word he says like you feel rejected but it's okay like that people reject us and blah blah blah. and she's like wait what us who rejected you and doesn't realize that it's Georgia Sophie reminds me of like a young Callie Torres and it's like so strong Max says that she just started getting over Sophie and it feels like this is like a really weird thing for Sophie to do and Sophie wants to be friends and Max thinks that they can't be friends, that it would be too hard and she says, for what it's worth, you still look great, which is really funny. Max is hilarious. At Zion's house, Austin and Jenny are over for dinner. Jenny tells her dad that Marcus broke up with her. Austin says, I never liked Marcus and um, she's like, yes, you did. And he's like, nope. And Zion said, just because it ended doesn't mean it wasn't real. Simone suggests that Jenny takes a college extension class since she dropped English. And Zion says that he would love to pay for it, which I think is a fantastic, like, opportunity for her. Like, it's like doing that instead of dropping down English classes. Marcus and Jenny are both looking at pictures of each other at the same time. And, um, the song, I Miss You, I'm Sorry by Gracie Abrams played and I've never heard it and it was really good. Ellen brings Marcus his medicine. So clearly like they've gotten Marcus back on his medicine, trying to help him with his depression. Georgia cuddles Jenny and she is talking to her about Lake Powell, Michigan. She's talking about like sunsets or something. Max shows up to cheer up Jenny and Jenny tells Georgia that Max made her feel safe or that Marcus made her feel safe. And Georgia ruminates on that word she asks again she's like he made you feel safe um and then Max says that sometimes he has episodes and he gets really depressed and like they're really worried about him and Georgia says that it sounds like what he needs isn't a girlfriend it's a friend and then Max and Jenny leave and then Georgia goes and starts packing there's a flashback Georgia has bruises all over and she writes herself a check for a hundred thousand dollars out of Gil's like checkbook for work Max says exes are annoying and that they're still alive after they break up with you. Abby says that Nora is the only happy one. So they all start mimicking Nora, which is really fun. And I I love the moments when they are just like normal teenagers doing normal teenager things. And it's just like silly and fun. And then Ginny tells them that she's so glad that they met them. And she starts talking about how they moved around so much and she never got to make friends. And then it clicks when she's talking that the reason why Georgia was talking about Lake Powell, Michigan is because she's planning on them running and then George Jenny like runs out because she had this like realization Marcus shows up at Brody's and he asks if Jenny is there and then Hunter offers Marcus a beer and he asks him why he broke up with Jenny and Marcus says because he's a piece of shit and Hunter's like well I'm not gonna argue with you um Padma tells Hunter that what he did was nice he was like humanizing the situation and she said it's really hard to be the one before Preston and Abby go hook up in the bathroom and he calls her whale legs and I don't understand why she's the small like Ginny is probably the smallest one but she's so small I don't understand why because Ginny's taller but Abby is small I don't understand why do they call her whale legs she's so small um 
Nora walks in and she says that she knows it was a hard year, but like, what are you doing hooking up with Preston? And Abby's like, no, you don't know. And also you helped make it a hard year because I was your friend too. And you just went along with what Max did. And then Nora apologizes and she says that she's right. And they hug. And then Abby tells Nora about her dad's girlfriend. And Nora tells her that she can call her, she can tell her anything. Um, and that it seemed like Abby was about to start talking to her about her like weight issues and then Jordan came over and like got distracted and she didn't and then she goes to the bathroom and she hears someone inside puking and Samantha walks out and Abby's really surprised and then she goes in and she also pukes so it's like I guess they both are doing it I don't know Jenny calls them out because she has suspicions and she finds out that Georgia canceled the wedding. Georgia is talking to Ellen about being a mom and how hard it is. And Georgia tells Ellen that she's a great friend and she's been one of the best surprises about them moving there. It's basically her way of saying goodbye because she is planning on leaving. Max and Marcus show up drunk. Georgia is leaving and she sees Marcus smoking in the garage and she goes out and sits with him. And Marcus tells her that he didn't hold Jenny back. And Georgia says that she was a little bit harsh with him when she said don't hold her back. And she said that it's really huge that he made her feel safe. Um, And like that means a lot to her. And Georgia says that it's noble to let go of someone if you know that you're only going to hurt them. Which is what she's planning on doing with Paul. And then Marcus says you don't have to worry. I won't tell anyone your secret. And he mimes killing someone. And she's like fuck this little asshole knows. So she goes home and Ginny asks Georgia why she cancels them out and Georgia tells her that it's time for them to go, that she's got to protect Paul and Ginny tells her that when she's scared she runs and Georgia says that she doesn't belong there. She says that she's not normal and she doesn't belong and she's just going to drag Paul down and Georgia says that she doesn't trust happiness and that she wouldn't want to marry her if she knew everything and so Ginny's like, tell him, just tell him everything and she's like, but what if he doesn't want me and she's like, well, then I care the sunsets in Utah are beautiful and so I guess it's Utah and not Michigan so ignore me. Uh, Georgia sits Paul down and she tells him all of her crime history minus the killing and it's really funny because um, just like the, the way that she does it and she's just kind of blurting it all out and then he's just like sitting there like every every new thing that she says he's like oh okay no more please don't tell me anymore um and she's like because uh, I also lied about only having one gun um Ginny and Austin are sitting at the top of the steps and after she's done talking Paul leaves and so they kind of get the like opinion that like he didn't take it well and he's leaving there's a flashback to Ginny and the kids dancing to really loud music, which I think was at the end of the first season. Um, and Gil is banging on the door and he's telling Georgia that she he knows that she framed him and that he's going to kill her. Ginny tells Marcus that she thought everything was about her and he just needed her to be there for him. And she tells him that she's there for him and she lays down and she just cuddles him. And she tells him that even if they're not together, that she can still be his friend. And they're doing this weird like bruh things. Like, they're, like, saying, like, oh, we could be bros. We could be bros. And they're going back and forth and being, like, bruh, bruh. And then he does that little paw thing. I don't know if you've seen this video, but there's this video of this, like, surfer guy. And he's, like, he just got really big. And then it was, like, whoop And he just, like, is talking about the waves flashing. And he does it in this freaking clip. And it's so funny. And it's so funny because it's such, like, a lost video to, like, the internet. And the fact that he just, like, the fact that they snuck that in here is so funny. Oh, my God. I had to like go back and listen to it and make sure I wasn't just making up that they were mimicking that. 
Paul asks Georgia to meet him at the office, and there's a cop and his lawyer there, and so she's freaking out. And then Gil shows up, and Paul says that Gil will not be getting any of his money now or after he and Georgia get married. And Gil says he wants custody, and Paul says that Paul's lawyer will be happy to fight him for it. Gil says that he doesn't want Paul to do all of this. Gil says that Paul doesn't want to do all of this for Georgia, that she's not worth it. And Paul says that if Gil wants to see his stepson or talk to his wife he'll have to do so through him and Paul tells Georgia that he's still very angry at her um, but he says it's too late for her to ruin him she already has Georgia canceled the wedding but Jenny says that all they need is a venue Georgia yells I swear to god I am not getting married at Blue Farm which is really funny because that's where everything happens is at Blue Farm Jenny shows up in a carriage it's her something borrowed and she's like her name is Milkshake the horse and Georgia's like yeah I know Milkshake Jesse isn't ready for the wedding and he tells Nick that his name is actually Gabriel and what he's doing in town is being a PI and all of this stuff and he tells him that Georgia isn't who Nick thinks that she is and Nick is angry and um, Nick at first seemingly isn't going to hear what he has to say and he's like Georgia's my friend like I don't want to hear this but then he's like I think that you need to hear everything and he tells her, apparently tells her tells him everything about Georgia uh, they get married at Town Hall, and it's very pretty. The Georgia song plays. Um, it's the I, Until I Found You by Steven Sanchez. Um, and that is, it's, like, so perfect because it's, first of all, it's, like, Georgia. But it's just, like, I would, I, I would never fall in love until I found you, blah, 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 like, whatever. Um, and it just is, like, perfect. Nick was supposed to be like one of her bridesmaids or whatever and he's not there but I assume that's because Jesse told him everything. Marcus and Joe are sitting downstairs in the lobby. They're like not going up to the reception and Joe was like so we really just got all dressed up to sit in a lobby and Marcus was like I like to look dapper and Marcus tells Joe she wants me to be here so I'm here. I like it when she's happy. So he's talking about Jenny. Jenny Jenny likes Jenny wants him to be there so he's there and he wants to make her happy and that's how Joe feels too about Georgia so Joe's like okay let's go and be friends um and then Georgia says once you're happy you have so much more to lose and then the police show up and arrest Georgia for Tom's murder and Austin's like but I didn't tell anyone and he runs after the police car and Jenny realizes like fuck something really did happen because she thinks she's like what the fuck is this like what are they here for um yeah so that happened and obviously, like, she's going to get out of it because then what are they going to make a show about? Like, there's going to be some weird technicality. She's going to get out um, and then things are going to happen. Because I think, like, what ultimately has to happen is, like, something has to happen where her and Paul aren't together anymore. Gil has to die. Like, that's got to happen. And then uh, her and Joe have to end up together. And then I don't know what's going on with Marcus. I really thought that they were, like, heading down a path with Marcus where Marcus was going to commit suicide like I, I for sure thought that that's where that was going um I mean I prefer this better because I really like Marcus and I would like for them to be together it also seems like they're trying to prep Hunter and Padma to be together but also like Hunter and Ginny back together so I don't know if they're gonna do that or not um and then I'm curious to see what happens with like Abby's storyline um I do really like Padma, but I don't want her to steal anybody from Ginny because Ginny's the main character, obviously. Um, and I'm curious to see how Nick is with Georgia. And Paul, I feel like, needs to find out about, like, her being a killer, like, her murdering men because I think that's important. But... <music> but. 
But anyways, um, I watched this like a year or two late. So hopefully I don't have to be waiting very long until the next season comes out. They renewed for three and four. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I don't have any predictions. Um, I mean like Max and Silver are probably going to be together. I really, really like the girl that plays Max. I think she's really fun. And then also the girl that plays Georgia just had a baby. So I'm curious if that gets worked in or not, or if the writer strike lasted long enough that it doesn't matter. I did start feeling like towards the end of this season, they were hiding her behind stuff. So I don't know if that maybe like was because she was pregnant, but anyways, but her wedding dress, I feel like was very fitting. So I don't know. Um, and then I was looking up trivia stuff and the only thing that I found, which I already mentioned was the fact, I think I already mentioned this. I hope I already mentioned this was the fact that, um, Joe and Padma are brother and sister, which I think is so stinking cute and fun. And I love it so much. And I, I must've missed that somehow. I don't know, but I think it would be so fun, um, to play with your sibling. And then also that Joe was Sav from Degrassi, which I like barely 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 remember um that was like around the time that I stopped watching that show um or was watching it less often but I think Holly J was like the obnoxious like redhead or something and I think he dated her or Holly J's friend dated him um and that is just fucking wild so I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch Degrassi um and I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch those clips because it's gonna be a long time before I go back and rewatch Degrassi because I already tried and then I didn't um, I think when it came to like HBO or something, um, but I just don't have the time. But anyways, Ginny and Georgia is fantastic. If you for some reason listened to this and didn't watch the show, what are you doing? But also, thanks, and go watch the show because it's really fucking great. It is so good. It's so, it's, it, it's like all the things. It's like the CW show that you want with the teen drama. It is like the Gilmore Girls cozy vibes. It is a little bit thriller, a little bit like what's going on mystery. And like all of the episodes are just so fantastically done. I just really, really love it. So anyways, until next time, friends, hopefully it won't take me quite as long for the next season. I'll be a little bit more on top of it because the show really deserves a little bit more attention. Uh, Until next time, friends. Ciao.